Grace and mercy and peace be with you from God our Father and from our Lord and our Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. I don't know about you, but when I was growing up, my parents would always say to me, Aaron, who's going to be there? That was in reference to when I was getting together with my friends. They would always want to know who was going to be there. They always wanted to know the names of the friends, and my parents especially wanted to know if the parents of my friend were going to be present when I showed up. As a kid, this sort of annoyed me because I didn't really understand. I I thought, what's the big deal? But as I've gotten older and had children myself, I've started to realize why my parents did what they did. And it's for this simple fact. Relationships matter. Do you understand what I'm talking about? I understand what you're talking about. You understand? Who are you? Oh, my name is uh, Ezra, and, and my mom and dad told me the same thing that they told you. Relationships matter. Ezra? Ezra, like... Like Ezra from the Bible, like the guy that we've been talking about in our sermon series through the books of Ezra and Nehemiah, you are Ezra? One and the same, my friend. You never seen an Israelite before? This is what Israelites look like? You're looking at one. Well, yeah, my name is Ezra, and a little background on me, my job was to help lead the Israelites who had returned from exile. Years ago, my people were sent into exile, well, because we've been hanging out with the wrong people. God had specifically told Moses long ago that there were corrupt people living in the land and that we needed to to stay away and not fall under their influence. Otherwise, we'd start to look like them and kind of take on their practices and worship their gods and eventually maybe even forget about the one true God. Oh, yeah, that's a bit like what I was saying. I I mean, parents care about who their kids hang out with. It's it's true because who we spend time with, it, it does affect us. Now, obviously, the reverse is true. We also become... Uh, like people who we hang out with, but they also become like us. I mean, the more that we hang out with somebody, the more we start to look like them. I mean, if you and I started hanging out, I mean, I don't know what I would end up looking like, but you understand how this works, right? We have an influence on one another. We start to take on each other's characteristics the more time we spend together. I mean, Ezra, I don't know, I don't know if you've ever had a pet, Have you ever had a pet? I had a goat once. Yeah, okay. So, I mean, I've heard even that that pet owners and their pets sometimes even start to resemble one another after hanging out for a while. Uh, I mean, take a look at some of these pictures. Yeah, the, the more that we hang out together, the more we start to look like one another. And sometimes even that's the case with our pets. I mean, pets are, pets are an important relationship too. They, they do matter. 
Actually, just, just so you guys are aware, uh, on the day that we are recording this, uh, my, my pet, my 12-year-old black lab Bauer, uh, is actually at the vet spending the night. Uh, she, she wasn't doing too well. We're actually not even sure how that's all going to shake out. And so, you know, uh, as, as I've been thinking about this reality, the more that I realize, yeah, I've you know, learned a lot from that dog, and I know she has from me as well. Because relationships matter, obviously with pets, but e- even more so with people, right? Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Relationships matter, and they, they kind of affect, well, what you do, what you say, how you live. And this is what was happening with my people. I'd been working hard to teach them God's Word, teaching them God's laws. Now, many people were listening, but... But then I got word that some of the people weren't listening. And the worst offenders were some of my top leaders. They were getting married to the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Perizzites, the Jebusites, the Ammonites. Need I go on? Ezra, those are quite a few ites. Who are all these people that you mentioned? And I guess, what was so bad about your people marrying their people? Well, the problem was that these people they were marrying, they don't believe in our God. And over time, they actually would would try and get their spouses to worship their other gods. They wanted people to believe in their own gods. And, And that's been going on since as long as we can remember. Our people should really know better. They should know this isn't good for them. This is the very reason we were sent into exile to begin with. God warned us long ago not to mix with the foreign peoples in our land. And time and time again, we did. And then we'd say, uh, sorry, and we would change, but then we would do it again. I, I just thought this time would be different. Uh, I understand, Ezra. I understand this reality this reality of our sin, we call it, where we oftentimes say to God, God, I, I confess my sin. I, I don't want to do fill in the blank again. And then the next day we do the same thing again and again. I, I always say that. I say, I promise I, I'll change. Actually, it's kind of funny. My four-year-old daughter, Phoebe, she's really into promising things lately. She always says to me, whether it's something big or something small, it's, I promise, I promise I'll do it, Dad. I promise I'll finish my vegetables, Dad. I, I promise, Dad. I'm glad she's so serious <laughs> about her promises, but we've had some interesting conversations where I'm trying to remind her to, you know, only make those promises when she feels like she's going to follow through on it. But in that experience, I'm also reminded of the reality that none of us are very good at keeping our promises. Exactly. Exactly. But man, it was so hard to see that in myself and and in my people, us making this mistake again. And I, I was kind of at a loss for what to do. So, well, I did the only thing I could think of. I talked to God. I prayed to him. I begged God. I I pleaded with him. I even confessed our sin. I said, 
Behold, we are before you in our guilt, for none of us can stand before you because of this. Ezra, I, I've read that confession of sins, the, the one that you spoke, and it, it was real and honest and raw and true because I feel the same way when I confess my sins to God and when I look at the world in which we live and I speak to God, I, I often say, God, I, I am a poor, miserable sinner. I don't deserve any of these good gifts that you give to me. I don't deserve to even have life, let alone to be forgiven of the same sins over and over again. I don't, I don't deserve any of this. And yet, time and time again, God speaks to us forgiveness. To you, my friends, God forgives you of all of your sins through Jesus Christ. Jesus has forgiven you of all of your sins. Jesus' love for you is not based in your promise to him, but in his promise to you. You and I are incapable, unable of following through on any of our promises. Yet God always follows through on his promise to you. And his promise to you is to love you, forgive you, restore you, and rebuild you always. You don't have to take matters into your own hands, for you are in God's hands, and his hand is upon you, loving you, forgiving you, giving you life always. Yet, for Ezra and the Israelites, well, they tried to take matters into their own hands. Isn't that right, Ezra? Yeah, you're right. After I confessed my sins, our sins, one of my associates, Shechaniah, uh, he came up with an idea. He said, everyone who has married a foreigner should divorce her and give up any children they had together. <laughs> Ezra, that's a bit drastic, wouldn't you say? Yeah, I thought so too, but relationships matter, right? Hmm. I spent all night, Aaron, I was praying and fasting, talking to God, and not eating or drinking anything. And then we sent notice to all the returned exiles that they needed to gather together in Jerusalem in three days. And if they didn't, there would be consequences. Long story short, we made them divorce all their wives. We made them leave their children. And that was the choice we made because, well, relationships matter, right? Uh, yeah, relationships matter, Ezra, but I didn't think that God was a, a fan of divorce. Well, I did end up hearing from a prophet named Malachi about that too, but... This is what we chose to do. Well, Pastor Aaron, that is a, kind of a crazy ending to this whole Ezra story. Yeah. Well, first of all, great job on Ezra. Oh, maybe I wasn't supposed to say that. Was that? I've never met Ezra. Oh. I mean, whoever was playing Ezra did a great job, first and foremost. But yeah, that ended, that ended really weird. Just super, super abrupt how, how Ezra ends. 
And I think like in the Old Testament, some stories are like that, right? Kind of ambiguous, kind of open-ended. I mean, what are, what are we supposed to make of the ending of Ezra in this, in this story? Well, I think when I read this, uh, the thing that just keeps sticking in my head is this concept that relationships matter. Relationships matter. The way that we go about our relationships, it matters. The way that we form deep relationships with people matter. The way that we build relationships with non-Christians matters. The way that we build relationships with Christians matters because relationships matter in the kingdom of God. Definitely, yeah. And, and this last year has kind of been tough on a lot of relationships, I think. Yeah. You know, with the distance... Um, with, with groups kind of sharing their opinions sometimes in very strong ways. Um, I know I've seen a lot of relationships get some distance, and that's convicting when we hear this story about how relationships matter so much. Uh, think about your own life right now, who it is in your own world that your relationship is maybe in rubble. Now, what's a relationship that there could be some rebuilding in? Who is God calling you to, or calling you towards, to, uh, to kind of rebuild relationship His way? Mm. Yeah, I, Ezra had, he had quite a conundrum to deal with. Yeah, I feel sorry for the guy kind of from a leadership perspective, and this was a challenging time for him. It, we just want to make sure that our biblical interpretation is correct and that you guys walk away from this interpreting the Bible correctly, because there was this, this moment where, you know, Ezra takes a very extreme position. And Shechaniah, this guy, this is an extreme position to force the Israelites to divorce their wives and leave their children. And it would not be faithful Bible interpretation for us to say to you or for you to walk away thinking, well, if my relationship isn't working out so well, I guess I should just write it off. Maybe that's what God's people do. Or if I'm married to a non-Christian person, that I should just be done with that relationship. Or if things are tattered and strained in a relationship that it just doesn't matter, just divorce and, and break off the relationship because that's what the Bible says to do. That is not what we should be walking away from this uh, understanding. You know, that would, that would be th- doing things like according to our way, not not building or rebuilding God's way. And, and, and you know, when we look at Ezra, it's, it, did he do things right or, or wrong? It's hard to say. It's ambiguous for us. And a lot of Old Testament stories are that way, where we just don't get a clear answer. But Ezra's a book of history. It's recorded. This is what happened. But what we are reminded of throughout the Scriptures is that relationships matter. Relationships matter in the kingdom of God. Even relationships with non-Israelite people and non-Christians. Actually, there are stories in the Bible, stories like Ruth. You heard of Ruth? Mm. Ruth was a non-Israelite who ended up getting married to an Israelite and saying, I want to follow this God. And Ruth, she's listed in the lineage of Jesus. That's right. That's right, yeah. And, And we know that that's building God's way because that's exactly the way that God worked with us. Mm-hmm. Uh, throughout the scriptures, we hear the metaphor of, of God uh, marrying the church, the, the church being his bride. Oh, that's right. And we know through reading these Old Testament stories that God's people are repeatedly unfaithful. 
right? They make a covenant with God, they break it. Mm. They promise faithfulness, they don't live up to it. Like my daughter Phoebe, right? <laughs> <laughs> right, or any of us, right. right? How many times have we said we would do this or that and we go back on it, right? right? God has every single reason in the world to break his covenant with us. Hmm. He's got all the ammunition he needs to, to divorce his bride. Hmm. He would be justified in doing that. But that's not what he does, right? We see God not step away from us, but actually step into our world in the person of Jesus, who comes down out of heaven, comes to meet us where we are, unfaithful as we are, dies for us, rises for us, forgives us, and even invites us to be in this relationship with him over and over again. That's building God's way. You've heard us say it over and over again in the sermon series that Jesus is the perfect rubble restorer. You and I may have rubble relationships in this world that God is calling us to, to work on and restore and rebuild His way. He's calling us to actually look more like Him because He has perfectly restored us up out of the rubble. He wants a relationship with us, and that's what he's invited us into. And so Jesus, yes, has invited you to be his very own child, united to him, alive in him. And that is exactly what you are, because Jesus has restored you. He's the perfect rubble relationship restorer. And yes, God is at work in you. He's at work through you. Because as you step foot into this world, he is asking you to look more and more like him. <laughs> like those, those dog and pet owners. Yeah, that was a silly example, but that's true, right? The more time that you spend with your heavenly father, the more that you will start to look like him, taking on his characteristics of peace and love and joy. And that is what this world is so desperate for. So we go into this world as rubble relationship restorers because we have been perfectly restored to our Father through our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. My dear friends in Christ, we again are uh, missing you today, but we're so happy that we could bring this message to you. Go in God's grace, with his peace, with his strength. You are alive in Christ. Amen.